Hey yo guys, what's happening? It's your boy Rain TJ back again with another episode of Just a Thought. And today I want to talk to you about no-knock warrants. No-knock warrants are warrants that allow police officers and government agents to enter your home without having to announce themselves like they usually do. These warrants are meant to be used in dangerous situations where police agents believe that by announcing themselves they will be giving criminals enough time to do certain things, certain activities, things that they didn't want done, like get rid of weapons, get rid of evidence, flush evidence, prepare themselves for imminent attack, like getting their guns. So ever since no-knock warrants have been around, about 13 police officials and 81 citizens have been killed accidentally because of this. And many homes have been falsely entered or wrongly entered because of mistakes human mistakes they're not often because no-knock warrants have to go through many channels before they are approved so that's the breakdown of what a no-knock warrant is at least to my interpretation of it the little i've read up and looked up on it and from here on out for those of you listening on the podcast you might want to hop over to youtube where you can see what i'm about to show see i'm going to go over a video of a few uh police cams on and I'm going to review it for you. I have a few ideas on it that I would like to share, a few thoughts. And maybe you could comment down below what you think about that video. This video will show multiple angles from multiple body cameras of a no-knock warrant that was executed on the wrong house. Right? And then I will show you another video that is basically a recap of a news report. And this extract is going to speak about Brianna Taylor and her involvement in no-knock warrant. So let's get into that today. Um, let's dive right into this video. So this is the video right here. I don't know if you guys could see something. Right now. So. Right, so you can see, like, already there's some to me. I think there's already some level of like confusion. The fact that one person is already asking why can't they go and you'll hear them say that um, it's because, you know, they're waiting on somebody else to start on the third. But I feel like, you know, executing things like this should be probably should be done in a like better order. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to hear what somebody like Fedit has to say on this. Like, I don't know if he saw this video or anything. I'll probably try to tag him in it. I don't know if you guys watch Fedit, but that's someone I watch a lot. He's a former um, HSI officer who are, who became a YouTuber and he talks about crime scenes and all these kind of stuff. So I don't know. Someone like him would probably have a better input on this. But like I said, guys, this is um from the reveal so you can go ahead like the video subscribe to them whatever and let's go why can't we just go they gotta go fast they gotta go fast no they gotta go fast oh god alright move it here we go move it get out of here 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 move
you notice this guy in the top here you notice how they're holding the doors open ready for action i mean just something i noticed Now they're laughing. Somebody's laughing. They sound pretty excited about this, right? No, initially, that's a no-knock warrant, yo. First thing they do is uh. Throw a grenade. Alright, so I guess the vocals are coming from this guy, the main vocal that we could hear, the center camera. Maybe that's um the lead. See, now from watching a lot of um, crime shows and interrogations and real life events, they always blur out the face of someone who's innocent or wasn't involved. Um, and if you listen closely, his sounds are muffled out. So initially, that's how I know from this video uh, that this guy is an innocent person, and it was uh, it was executed on the wrong house, just like the title says. Because if this person was guilty and became a prisoner in any way, shape, or form, they would have no rights, and the government would be able, or any law uh, agency would be able to, you know, show show their faces and and their clear audio. But because he's blurred out, I initially know this guy is innocent. And he's complying too. Yeah, who's throwing the grenades? Let's see. I think it's this guy. This house? Wait, no, it's this guy. <laughs> Alright, so who is this guy? His camera isn't being shown. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah, we're only seeing... We're only seeing eight cameras. And there's there's definitely more than eight people here. But this guy's camera isn't being shown, clearly. Stop, stop. 
At this point, they're clearly identifying themselves, but I mean, after throwing two, three grenades without saying anything, like at this point, it's kind of it's kind of late. But I guess that's the whole purpose of a no-knock warrant, right? But the fact that it's executed on a wrong house, what if the the right house is somewhere nearby, and the person is woken up to all of this? now they're gone like you know because they, they're like oh whoa i'm fortunate like i'm lucky enough that the police miss me now i'm out of here so that's that's another perspective to think about right Four. Now listen, you hear the radio chatter? Keep keep your eye open for that. Hey, any contact with Jake in here? Heard something in there. No. No contact with Jake? Anybody in that house? See, now initially first thing he does is turn off his camera the moment that uh they find out the guy they're looking for doesn't live here let me bring it back a little bit oh here he is this guy has eyes on this guy <laughs> this guy has eyes on this guy so this person right here in the frame is this camera. As you can see, this guy walking by him and like, check it. He's asking him if the guy they're looking for lives in this house. And the owner of the house is like, not that I'm aware of. Like he clearly doesn't know who they're talking about. And he definitely doesn't live there. And the first thing, the lead guy, who I'm assuming is the lead because his camera is center and his main, his vocals are louder than everyone else's. And everyone seems to be following him, it seems. So after he asked who's in the house, the first thing he does after finding out the guys in there is turning off his camera, which I think is kind of weird. And then everyone else will slowly start turning off their cameras. Starting with this guy right here. Here we go, the guy exiting the house as well. And as you could tell, radio silent. Mm. 
Now, when they when they find out they have the wrong house, who pays for the damages? Do they apologize in any way, shape, or form? Do they make a statement? I like to get a complete set. <laughs> what? I guess these two didn't get the message yet. You see? Now let me pause it. Let me bring it back for you. Again, anybody watching, anybody listening on the podcast, you could hop over to YouTube and see what it is you're talking about. But they're no longer using verbal communication. And proof of that is right here. And this camera, this up camera right here, right before he goes offline, you can see this guy indicating to him. You see? They're telling each other silently to turn off their uh, recording devices because they've, you know, they messed up. See, once again, another one, radio silent communication. What you guys think about that? All right, so there you have it. That was the footage of multiple body cams showing you what happened prior to, during, and just, well, <laughs> they stopped right before, right? Like, they stopped recording. Like, the moment they went radio silent, the my guy in the middle stopped recording. Everyone else turned off their camera, and I thought that was pretty weird, you know? Pretty weird that they were just, the moment they realized I made a mistake, like, they're willing to show you what it is they were saying, doing, and all that in their vehicle before the execution of the warrant. What I, which I would think is more, um, well, is also secretive, like the procedures you take, right? That's that's what I would think. But they're willing to show that. But yet the moment they realize they made a mistake, body cams start turning off. That's kind of weird. And I feel like maybe in the future, um, or in a more smart city or in a more technologically advanced society, body cams for police officers and fit, or fit government officials of that sort and nature won't be able to be turned off that easily. Maybe there'll be a control system somewhere. Same thing with the sirens and the vehicles. If you ever remember, it's just a thought episode I did where I spoke about the illegal use of sirens by police officers. I feel like maybe something like that might come into place where these body caps are, you know, concerned. 
but that's just my personal views and my take on it and what i thought about the video what do you think about it all what do you think about no knock warrants like i see the good in it i see where it's beneficial for law enforcement in order for them to achieve their mission or execute their task properly and safely uh, but i also see that there are flaws where innocent die you know so what do we where do we stand on that you know um now we're going to move into the next video. New at 11, the use of no-knock warrants is being questioned after the death of Breonna Taylor in Louisville back in March. No-knock warrants have been banned there. And NBC4's Eric Halperin is live outside Columbus City Hall tonight. And Eric, the city is now taking a hard look at those kinds of warrants too, right? Colleen, City Council plans to vote on four police-related, police reform-related proposals in about a week and a half. One of those proposals is about limiting or banning no-knock warrants. And tonight, Council questioned and talked to police about those warrants. With a no-knock warrant, police do not have to knock or announce their presence before going into a building. In Columbus, the SWAT team and Investigative Tactical Unit, or INTAC, can perform these kinds of warrants. I think the surprise factor gives us a tactical advantage and it takes away the opportunity for the suspect to consider other options or to get to their guns in order to engage in a gun battle. The SWAT team did not do any no-knock warrants in 2019. According to Columbus Police, the INTAC unit, which focuses on drug cases, served 331 warrants in 2019. 92 of them, or about 28%, were no-knock, and no suspects were injured. Not serving no-knock warrants also allows dangerous suspects to do trafficking activity, plaguing neighborhoods. We, we want to remove drugs and, and uh, weapons that are unlawfully possessed, out, um, um, get them off of the streets. Um, but I also don't want that to be at the expense of a resident's, um, one of our residents' life or the life of an officer. Now, we have an operator Harris, where is your emergency? I don't, I don't know what's happening. Somebody kicked in the door inside my girlfriend. Breonna Taylor was one of the most prominent deaths by police in 2020. And when we were looking into the issue of police accountability, we were struck by the warrant that was used in that particular case. And when you see the visuals on Breonna Taylor's home, it's like a war zone. We wanted to know more about how often those kinds of warrants were used and how often it led to kind of fatal tragedies. According to an examination by The Post, Brianna Taylor was one of at least 22 civilians in the U.S. killed by police carrying out no-knock warrants since 2015. It's still disputed whether or not police knocked and announced their presence at Taylor's home. While they had a warrant to enter without warning, police say they knocked and announced their presence several times. But most of Taylor's neighbors and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, who was inside during the raid, said they did not hear the officers identify themselves. The no-knock warrant, when it came into vogue was through the height of what is commonly referred to as the war on drugs. One of the primary illegal drugs being trafficked in our communities was crack cocaine. Called crack, 
It's going nationwide, especially among the young. Well, crack cocaine is very easily destroyed. The other component to that was that many of the traffickers did have a history of violence and did have frequent access and or possession of weapons. So the no-knock warrant was developed in the interest of hoping to improve officer safety as well as prevent the destruction of evidence. These high-risk searches were meant to be used sparingly. They've now become common practice for drug squads and SWAT teams. The counter to that is that far, far more often than not, they're being done successfully. We don't have outcomes that are rising to the level of media scrutiny or public concern. Having said that, these are not a tool to be used as a matter of routine, that they should be used only in extreme cases. The Kentucky Attorney General's office explained why a no-knock warrant was issued on Taylor's home. Like the warrant itself is for to try to find illegal drugs, drug paraphernalia, and money. The Fourth Amendment protects citizens from unreasonable searches and seizures. So in order to enter homes without warning, police are required to get a judge's approval. Typically for search warrants, police need to fill out an affidavit, which is a sworn statement where they list all of the details about the surveillance they've conducted, about any controlled drug buys, and the reasons why they think they need a no-knock. They have to, they're supposed to be justifying the risk that they're taking. On the affidavit to search Taylor's home, Detective Joshua Janes said he verified through a U.S. postal inspector that Taylor's ex-boyfriend was receiving packages related to alleged drug activity at her address. An internal investigation later found the statement to be false, and Janes was fired. In an interview with The Post, Janes said he didn't lie, but was instead relying on information conveyed by a fellow officer. He is appealing his termination in court. There are a number of instances we've seen, including the Breonna Taylor case, where officers are accused of lying on these affidavits and providing false information. We looked at hundreds of affidavits and there were so many that had problems there. They were missing basic information. Some were missing signatures from the actual officers who were supposed to be swearing that everything was true. We found cases where they had wrong addresses, where they didn't list if there were children living there. And there were templates where they just would pre-populate without really specific information about why that house needed to be targeted, who were the people inside and what were the criminal histories. And we also found that sometimes these judges will sign off on warrants with very little information that might not actually explain why they need a no-knock. Judges are the ultimate gatekeepers, the last line of defense before police can break down your door. Judge Mary Shaw of the Jefferson County Circuit Court signed the warrant on Taylor's home. She declined to comment due to a pending federal investigation. I think what we came away with was realizing just how easy it is for police to carry out one of the most aggressive and intrusive forms of policing. We learned how accountability is flawed at every level. The person I feel like I blame the most will have to be the guy who wrote the warrants. I feel like you are to be blamed the most because you wrote these warrants and you knew nothing about her. They didn't know that there were multiple people that lived there. I lived there, Kenny lived there. Um, my goddaughter lived there a lot too. Like y'all didn't do, know anything. I could have been home that night. The police failed on so many levels, starting from the search warrant 
application process, you know, all the way through the last gunshot that was fired. The Post obtained documents listing evidence for 12 fatal raids. In 11 of them, officers recovered less than three pounds of illegal drugs combined. No drugs were found in Taylor's home. Alright guys, so that was today's episode of Just a Thought, where I shared a few videos from YouTube and my perspectives on them, and my thoughts about, you know, the no-knock warrant, and if you want to share your thoughts, you could comment down below, you could reply to me in the DMs, anywhere you feel more comfortable, or you could just Google this yourself, look it up yourself, and just, you know, make sure you intake that knowledge on your own, because speaking from personal, you know, mistakes, I've taken information that was given to me by other people and thought it was true and then later on find out that it wasn't. So you always want to research on your own, double check, fact check and all of that. But that was today's episode of Just a Thought. Thank you again for watching and reaching this far. You can like, subscribe and show some support. If you want, you can also buy one of my shirts. These are my products, the Pyrim Official. You can check the link down below and have a great day everyone. Bye.